Hello and welcome to a special Workers Independent News Wincast report for Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. For Win, I'm Joanne Powers. On Tuesday, voters in Kansas City overwhelmingly approved a hike in the city's minimum wage to well above the state wage, setting up a legal battle with the state of Missouri. Over two-thirds of Kansas City voters approved the measure, which raises the wage to $10 an hour, with annual increases leading up to $15 by 2022. The state, however, has other ideas, with Republican lawmakers passing a law earlier this summer barring municipalities from raising their minimum wage above the state-mandated $7.70 an hour. The new Kansas City minimum wage increase will be on the books for four days before the state law banning it goes into effect August 28th. Those behind the ballot measure have vowed to challenge the state in the courts, while other worker advocates in Missouri are pushing for an increase in the minimum wage statewide. Joining me today to discuss the Kansas City vote is Dr. Vernon Howard, president of the Greater Kansas City Southern Christian Leadership Conference and chair of KC415. I spoke to Dr. Howard on Tuesday while Kansas City voters were still at the polls. Welcome to Workers Independent News, Dr. Howard. Let's start with a bit of a no-brainer. Tell us why increasing the minimum wage is important for the working people of Kansas City. America at large and Kansas City in specific, including the state of Missouri on a state level, is experiencing widening income inequality. And there needs to be the continuation of this movement in order to bridge that gap so that America honors workers and honors those who play just as significant a role in economic prosperity as other elements of the markets. Profits are good. Currency is good. Raw materials are good. Advertising, marketing, energy, transportation, all these things are a part of the economic mix. But everyday workers have not received a fair shake over the course of the last half century in this country. And it is time for people of goodwill to stand up, organize, mobilize, and do something about it. You did just cite the growing income inequality in our country, but that, of course, is also intimately connected with other types of inequality, racial inequality, gender inequality, etc. Can you comment on this? The disparities tend to have a pattern. African Americans, people of color, women, whites in rural communities, poor whites in urban settings, all tend to be disproportionately, shall we say, excluded from the economic boom that's taking place in many cities and suburban areas across the country. There's a nexus between income inequality and blacks, Latinos, certainly Native Americans, and certainly rural whites. Republicans in your state legislature and governorship have taken steps to prohibit local governments from passing these kind of minimum wage increases to prevent you from helping the lower-income workers in your community. Given the statewide ban on local minimum wage increases, what does that mean for your vote in Kansas City? We're not surprised. They have blocked Medicaid expansion since 2014. We're not surprised. They have blocked the continuance of safety nets in the state of Missouri, whether it be SNAP or WIC or other programs that aid women with children and that aid the unemployed and the working poor. They have continued to underfund public education that primarily gives educational opportunities to poor people, poor whites and people of color. So we're not surprised that they would block minimum wage advances because they, by and large, represent moneyed interests, corporate interests, 
and global international companies. So it's not surprising that they do this. Our response is this, however. We have worked with the city council to amend this law, this ordinance, if passed today, to go in effect prior to the Missouri General Assembly's legislation to preempt local empowerment. Theirs goes into effect the 28th of August, ours the 24th of August. So our law will already be on the books when their legislation becomes law. Theirs becomes law four days after ours. After that, clearly there will be a legal battle. And we believe that the constitutionality of the Missouri statute that preempts the people from going to the polls and determining their own destiny and outcome is something that is a good case. And we will take it as high as necessary to any court that will hear us. Mind your listeners and readers, the Missouri Supreme Court ordered this election in the city of Kansas City, Missouri, after last year we argued our case before the Missouri Supreme Court. If, in fact, our case was bogus, the Missouri Supreme Court never would have ordered this election. We're going to move forward and we're going to argue the question of the constitutionality of a broader Missouri General Assembly blocking the constitutional powers and the local powers of people and their right to self-determination. Speaking of self-determination, St. Louis, of course, already passed a minimum wage increase back in 2015, which went into effect in May and is now due to be eroded by the state law back to $7.70 an hour. The difference between the St. Louis effort and the Kansas City effort is that the St. Louis effort and ordinance or law was actually sponsored by the city council and the government. Ours here is a grassroots organization and a grassroots coalition. I'm the president of SCLC, a traditional civil rights organization here in Kansas City. We were the birthers of the modern-day, mid-20th century civil rights movement. We are the grassroots organization of Rosa Parks, of Dr. King, Fred Shuttlesworth. The list goes on and on of folks who have been a part of our movement. We will not shrink back. We will not stop. We will not be deterred in our quest from a legal standpoint to obtain justice for the working poor. The city of St. Louis might have restrictions and prohibitions on what it leads its city legal staff to do. We are a grassroots organization. We will not stop. We are moving forward to challenge the constitutionality of the law. Are there other municipalities in Missouri looking to do the same thing, such that if you should manage to stop the state law, other municipalities will have already taken steps to provide economic justice for their low-income workers? None that I know of in the state of Missouri, but you make a good point. That's something to be aware of. Reverend Dr. Vernon Howard, president of the Greater Kansas City Southern Christian Leadership Conference and chair of KC for 15. Thank you for joining us today on Workers Independent News. We offer our solidarity with your efforts. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap this up? Thank you so much, and we are in solidarity with you. We are a broad coalition of black and white and Latino and Native American. We are across socioeconomic strata. We are cross-racial, cross-cultural. We're even cross-demographic and geography here in Kansas City. This is a broad-based populist movement of faith and labor and activists and business owners and neighborhood leaders, young, not so young, and seniors 
who are coming together to mobilize and organize and exercise power to control our own destiny in our own local cities, and we will not be stopped. Brought to you by the IBEW, 725,000 men and women powering the way for an American comeback. Information on how to become an International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Power Professional is online at IBEW.org. You've been listening to WIN, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit WorkersIndependentNews.com.